and welcome to the Della Sposa podcast, where we present to you a series of curated discussions on art just for you. I'm Jessica Fillimore, co-founder and director of Della Sposa Gallery in London. And today we're joined by contemporary artist Misha Milovanovic in conversation with curator and art advisor Philippa Adams. Philippa has been instrumental in the foregrounding of emerging artists from around the world. She is the former director and head of acquisitions of the Saatchi Gallery in London. She has worked directly with Charles Saatchi in developing the collection, designing the programme that positioned the emerging international artists at the forefront of the contemporary art world. Now, Misha discusses her new series of sculptures and the development of digital art in the exhibition The Shape of Colour, which is on view at Della Sposa Gallery until mid-June. We also hear about the forthcoming exhibition Her Dark Materials, which is curated by Philippa in association with the Eye of the Huntress and opens on the 22nd of June this year. Before we begin, remember to follow us at Della Sposa by hitting the subscribe button. Yeah, Philly, uh, it's just really nice to be in London. I love the energy. You've been in the midst of the countryside, but also having, uh, you found yourself a brilliant team uh, to do your renderings and and um, that was very lucky <laughs> and, and a complete game changer for yes. you. Um, I mean, the way that you sort of have this whole dialogue and journey and adventure with your work um, and um, get so committed into, you know, taking your sort of sculptural shapes and forms from the canvas into you know into a sculptural form and, and working with medium you've never not worked with before exactly. was so beautiful seeing that sort of process and now you've got this very sort of pure realized um fantastic new series of sculptures which um I'm loving but you've managed to sort of develop that so beautifully there um which is you know I'd, I'd love to know a bit more about that thank you um, working with what I realized, actually talking to a friend of mine who I went to St. Martin's, he was asking me a little bit about my process, where the process came from. And obviously the, the renders were part of delivering art that couldn't really be seen in the person, hence you know, the pandemic moment we had. But also uh, what I actually realized that I have always been driven by stories, and, and, and movies and cinema and, and creating narrative whereby all the elements um, are put together, such as uh, like the movement of the camera, the storytelling in terms of an actor. That, that was my first, not only love, but education into world of art. Yeah, your photography and, and all the photographers you supported, that was, you know... Exactly. So the journey that I that brought me to this moment I am at really came from at the age of I think fourteen. I decided to study art. Uh, sorry, to study cinema art. Um, but as a part of the and I I've always drew always drew most of my what I can remember just being in my room and drawing. Um, things, people, and going to art school to learn how to, you know, do correct drawings and always been interested. I, I as a kid, I was very much kind of um, inspired by Leonardo's drawings and technical abilities of combining science and utilising kind of art for industrial projects and, you know, being useful with art as well. 
Mm-hmm. So my scope of interest has always been really vast, like what I'm interested in and where I draw my uh, inspiration and where the work goes. Hence why I've always done loads of different projects. Like I would make clothes with my mom. I would do woodworking furniture pieces with my dad. I would, uh, as a kid, collaborate with bands and put projects together back home where people would recite poetry. So there's always been this need to have more. I know that your, um, your, you know, your history with your mom and making clothes and, you know, you literally just like, you'll see you on the street and just like all this color and so glamorous and, you know, and you're like, yeah, yeah, my mom and I just made this afternoon. Um, And I love, I love all that, but I didn't know um, that you used to also, make things with your father. Um, yeah, my father is actually, um, um, when he was super young, he was sent to learn to be a carpenter. Uh, and so he's a woodcarver carpenter. He can do every single thing you can name. And uh, the sort of like a male working person can from electronics uh, to um, you name it. So, but then um, later on, he became an engineer. So, He's always been constructing, um, even in the house, our dining table was just full of, um, you know, electronic devices that I had to help with. So to to create things has just always been in the background of my family life. And then to sort of make them beautiful, that, that's probably come from my mom's side, which is more craft orientated. Um, but my journey, my really journey into creativity I've always been surrounded by people who are creating and always been drawn to painters uh, musicians that that was that was the line of um, friends that I was surrounded by I was going into film school and when I arrived to England I was part of uh, um, kind of like foreign students that studied abroad Um, and that's how I ended up coming here and then Within two years of my studies, things started to change back home uh, to such extent that by the time I finished my studies, the war was, you know, the war was engulfing. Um, So I started to do storyboards um, as a way of surviving. And that's how I really got into doing my own work, where from storyboarding for um, advertising agencies, I ended up making paintings on paper. They were my paintings, nothing to do with sort of being um, asked to, um, you know, kind of make stories for clients. Um, And that bit by bit got me to really uh, try to make work on canvas. Um, And when I ended up going to art school, St. Martin's, I became a painter. But the need to amalgamate all the mediums have always been present and I think with the digital technology which is what I was able to do this time around in pandemic and collaborate with people have have come through that long journey of actually um, creating in different mediums so the way I see the digital renders at the moment are almost like sequences of movies yes they are stills and they are fantastical kind of visualizations of work. You've been doing that and collaborating on that for a long time. And um, and it's also because you're such a perfectionist in your presentation and getting things just so, 
um, that you've, you know, this has been the perfect medium for you, but you're so ahead of anyone else because, uh, you know, you just, you respond to it so well. And it means that you can, you can get it looking and where you want it and how you want it. Um, so, you know, where some people have found it sort of too static or too separated, you've actually, I don't know, made it uh, sing. Um, and I, I think that's been really interesting for me to seeing how you've, you know, been working with that medium and that way of um, presenting your work. Thank you, Philly. Uh, it came from, uh, I think it's really, it was born out of necessity to um, present the work um, and then also to pivot in terms of, well, now we won't be able to maybe do work show works in galleries what else can we do let's try this and uh, play with it um i think it's it a, also about presenting your work so you can present it to others even before the pandemic that's um, and this yeah. came from um before i forget because very often i forget because my thoughts travel in different directions mm-hmm. um so when i when i was working on um making sculptures from wood into metal, uh, which mm. I, I just felt um, was be, be such a nice thing to push the medium further rather than, um, you know, I think this, like, there's just this innate thing in me that like, I really want to see if I can work with different people and see how that's gonna come come up. Well, did you start with the ceramics and then go into the wood before you went to the metal? Which which way around did it? Yeah, I, I decided okay. to use ceramics uh, a couple of years ago, even though I was making ceramics when I was kind of in my late teens, um, mm. as a way of painting. But like I decided to use ceramics almost like surface to paint on. So those very first bunch of ceramics were flat. Uh, in terms of um, plain, they were they were what you might call um, not exactly plates to eat from, but plates to paint on. And um, I uh, wanted to find the way to kind of make paintings that were now coming from this sort of story of making the surface that was made to be painted on by hand and have this really ancient technique that's connected a little bit more to the earth. And then I then added this additional element. So they became sculptures. Um, From that, uh, I was still painting and I decided that I have these sometimes visions, how things that just come to me um, in my paintings. I was doing these abstracted objects, uh, sort of shapes from nature that were amalgamated in this beautiful kind of dance on the canvas. And I felt that there was maybe a need for me to see if I could add three dimensionality. The idea was that I either add ceramic pieces onto these paintings so they come out a little bit like what maybe uh, Stella is doing in his later work, you know, when he has these flat uh, pieces that are ashy sculptures, but they, they're really yeah, flat. Yeah, they come out, which you did a lot in your painting, actually. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that out. That's how the sculptures initially were created. As I was cutting the shapes, 
to sort of virtually glue them on or add them onto the canvas, I uh, decided that I could, you know, see and play with them in 3D. And then I created... invite them to your to tea. To the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> them into your Misha world which you know yes, like... they, they, they were they were brought from the kind of headspace into reality by um you know and then they became sculptures and afterwards I needed to do some card drawings that uh were going to metal cutters for the metal mm-hmm. pieces to be created um which then could be used in this three-dimensional space and um Voma Lee from Voma asked for one of them to be, um, you know, exhibited in their museum, in their virtual museum. Mm-hmm. And that's how the kind of the more or less last two years went in terms of using and playing with digital and using digital as, um, yeah, as a playground, really. If that Yeah, and, and moving from these wooden uh, sculptures into these beautiful metal, incredible sort of high, high level sculptures which the finishes are incredible thank you um, yes we yeah. we paid a special attention that the finish and polishing is really nice uh so that you don't get the bumps once you cover the sculptures in in powder coat that you don't get this kind of bumpy layer underneath that makes the sculpture look a bit like a crease um, it is not about perfection at all. That's not what the work is about, but it's about, um, you know, gliding lines that are not disturbed by... Yeah, the but also, you know, the fact that you've done, because you're so colourful always in your practice, like loads of different colours, and with these sculptures, you've gone very bold, single colours, like as if they are they're their own characters. It wouldn't be right to discombobulate them into sort of, you know, different limbs, as it were. And um, and it's very pure and it's kind of lyrical. Um, uh, the yeah. modern one was done uh, from two points of view. I would ideally really like them to be multicolored. I mean, that would be an amazing achievement. Technically, right now, it's not possible to do it in powder coating because you can't really, uh, you can't, um, you know, separate the parts simply because if you will, to put it back into the kiln, um, it would, you know, your masking tapes will just fall off and it will be mess and it will bleed. So mm-hmm. it's something I'm working on for the next body of work, the next series of work. So I have like a piece here that I'm preparing that's yeah. just the raw steel. It will be um, welded in the next week or so. And then I'm going to powder, powder coat it white and then I'll do the painting by hand on top mm-hmm. of it just to, to experiment. So it will be a little bit more raw, a little bit more calderish, sort of like, um, you know, it will have that, not just a brush mark, but you will able to see the mistakes. Um, you know, it's, it's slight ode to like modernist uh, way of working and a little bit more primitive. I, I, I'm unafraid to experiment. I don't ever feel like my work needs to be this <laughs> perfect, you know, way yeah, of like, work. Mm. Yeah, so um yeah, I think yeah, I've got I've yeah, I've got so many ideas that I want to I, I'm I'm now it continues through, you know, it it joins up all the way through all the different um yeah, areas from your drawings, your paintings, your collages to to the sculpture. But um, with your history in filmmaking, just as we're 
talking about it earlier, is, um, you know, and the characters that come to life um, through, your, through your language. Um, do you see some sort of animation thing potentially? Oh, my God, of, I would love to. I would absolutely love to do an animation. So I was working, I've been working on the uh, crypto and digital um, work in the last couple of months. Uh, it, it was introduced to me by this really cool Russian lady who lives in uh, Chicago. She's been, um, she, she's a curator. She worked in glass dress for many years and she started this online digital uh, platform where they were really commissioning traditional artists to experiment and create projects that are to do with like a little bit more metaverse space. So I've done some work with them, which has been really fun to do um, and I would love to do animation that's that's something on my list um, it's, it's yeah. slightly more time consuming slightly more costly so I'm preparing to definitely definitely um, uh, do that and I also I have created uh, with with my friend David and the team that we work with we have essentially created our own some museum space that is digitally created. So we're we like deba debating what to do with it, to be honest with you. I, I might have an exhibition of work uh, come September, just, you know, to showcase this space. It's very beautiful. You would love it. We, we did, we studied all the museums we like and all the spaces we like to create this really nice, harmonized space that is a, like a little bit of a warehouse, but also at the same time, it's, you know, has all the diffusions of light. So when you walk around, you can, you can really enjoy it as much as you can when you're in a digital realm. Obviously, this is not the same like being in a gallery space, but we might not be able to be free for, say, you know, X amount of months or Perhaps, mm. you know, we, we really don't know what the future holds. So it's it's um, it's it's one of those projects that I'm working on too. And I would love to talk to you about it because it's super exciting and it's almost finished. And uh, it's a very classy way of showing work because we've, we've taken great care on analyzing and studying the architects of... Uh, you, I could, um, you need to have a look at, at my um, virtual museum. <laughs> That you're going to be exhibiting in in a minute. Yes. Uh, I want to no. ask you. I want to ask you. Apart from us being friends and working and supporting and collaborating with each other for a very long time, I would like to know what you have been up to, and could you tell us a little bit about the project that I'm also involved with? And uh, yeah, what how's how things your end? I mean, that it's um, it came about just because I was invited to curate a show um, with female artists and. Mm -hmm. um, on a virtual platform, but this was a platform it's called Eye of the Huntress, um, that um, they use different buildings. And um, and so when they invited me to, uh, to curate the show, they were also inviting me to choose a building and deliver the plans um, for which their tech teams could then, you know, do the renderings of the works into the space. And um, so, that's how it came about. They said, do you have a building in mind? And there is a very beautiful disused uh, Victorian building from the 1830s um, near me in the countryside where they were commissioned um, by the Railway Commission to 
um, produce the trains and the railway between London and Birmingham. So you've got these beautiful rundown warehouses, and there's one in particular that I love. I've often driven past it. And, um, and I spoke to the people who were in charge of that building, and um, you can't really get into it, but I got permission to go inside and photograph. And um, they were very, they very much welcomed the idea. Um, not that they could really get their heads around an art exhibition happening in this decayed building, but um, um, my boyfriend's father is an architect, so he helped make the plans up, and so we were able to deliver some CAD files for which the 3D modelling has um, is happening right now. Um, but it's been very tricky for me, um, you know, many years been putting on putting together shows um, with a physical space to suddenly be trying to manage how I'm going to work out what's going where um, sort of slightly blindfolded yeah. but uh, it's coming it's coming that's really interesting what were you, what were the kind of three main things that you like and three main things that you dislike in the process oh I don't know about three of anything but um, I love the the choice, the freedom of choice, mm-hmm. um, and because it's you know a childhood dream of mine to do something in that building, mm-hmm. and its proximity to my home um, where I've grown up, and and I love the fact that it was so um, sort of needed rediscovering um, that it was um, just so desolated, mm-hmm. and um, and I loved its history. And, you know, the fact that it had all these artisans working away in there, um, it was, it had a real energy still imprinted on it mm-hmm. and, um, but taken over by nature. And um, so it had this um, rawness about it that I felt sang to the narrative of being asked to do a female show during this pandemic where, you know, sisterhood, motherhood, nature, all of that sort of feel very um, present Um now and even more so for the future yeah um do you are you excited in going forward to be um implementing digital technology in your in the way you can <laughs> honestly i don't know i think um it's it's not really what i was looking at originally um but now it's presented itself i think it's really interesting and i'm really enjoying learning more about it mm-hmm. and and i just love the way that it's um a space that can come to life and it can be a sort of changed with working with different architects, different artists, different renderings, um, and it can change its own shape and form in so many ways um, and collaborate with different collectives and um, platforms um, to make it available or viewings or whatever it needs to be. I'm not, it's, I don't, I think it's going to be, fluid in that way um and um it will still be a, like the house of i'm calling it one um but um i yeah how it will i think it will always remain quite fluid um and i'm hoping even to invite different postcards of architects to sort of have different visions um of how really they lovely, that's a really lovely idea that's what um i was thinking in regards to the the building we have created, um, I just wanted to uh, yeah, just wanted to ask you. I know you've been to see the show in London. Um, what did you? How did you like it? What did you think of the pieces? Well, first of all, it was the, I think it was my first show, 
um, that I'd seen wow. out of so, so I love that for you know um, that was very exciting um, and um, and I thought you produced it so beautifully um, just again it was very simple the layout the colours the way that they pulled you in through right to the back room and then you turn around and you've just got the play with the different sizes it was just complete pop I loved it really fantastic and the different shapes I love and the names I love. Um, so one of the, the um, pieces that we're going to show together, yeah. um, is it Bonobo? Yes, Bonobo. Yeah. So what, where does Bonobo come from? So Bonobo okay. is um, uh, the oldest primate. So Bonobo is a monkey, really. Um, and I've named, I tend to name, uh, the names are either... Uh, in my mind, amalgamation of different kind of Inuit traditions. They're a little bit with the spirit of animal that resides in all of us. So therefore the shamanism of mother nature and the way that we understand ourselves and the fact that there is the DNA of the animal, the plant, the worm in all of us, and we all share this kind of unique stories, but yet we come from the source that is together. Um, I decided to, I don't know how and why I'm drawn to these kind of totemic um, natures of naming things. Um, so yeah, Bonobo, Bonobo is a primate um, and a lot of, lot of, um, the, the kind of spirit of the work comes from either, so there are, there are two main elements in the work. One is the structural, constructive, mathematical, uh, you know, way the sculptures are cut and put together in a line so they don't fall Balance. apart, mm. um, which is very masculine. And then there's this kind of softness in color and, um, and beauty that puts it all together that to me um, invites this celebration of really life uh, on some level that it's really hard to describe. And as I was, I was talking to Jessica about this, um, I understood that the, the colors are like the soul of the nature because uh, this is how, you know, the plants and the bees and uh, the circle of life, life continue based on this kind of attractive attraction of uh, what we what we have that we are sort of drawn to um, and so hence I wanted to give uh, you know a, a, a sort of heads up to the the animals in um, not just in us but the animal that we are all you know we are connected to so Bonobo is Bonobo is that I also like the name because it's really lovely to pronounce it feels very, <laughs> yes it's very um pleasurable um word to to pronounce you know because it's, yeah, it's so congratulations on your show thanks such a joy because you did a lot of um social media around it which was great um you know introducing different angles and different pieces and and quite it was quite good because you you know you focused on different pieces and then you'd bring them together um and um that was you know i didn't realize you were going to actually have the physical show until a little bit further down the line um and i was like oh 
fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really wonderful. Thank you, Philly, for being my guest today. And I'm so looking forward to um, um, the show that uh, you are curating. I mean, when, when is that officially launching? It's officially launching on the 22nd of June. And the title of the show is Her Dark Materials. And it will run till the end of September. Fabulous. And where will people be able to see it? It's online. Um, well, if they go to the Eye of the Huntress's web- website, they'll find it there. And um, and I'll be putting posts on my Insta, which is Philly2222. Me too. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Misha. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more information on Misha's solar exhibition, The Shape of Colour, at Delasposa Gallery in London, visit delasposa.com. You can find further details about the forthcoming exhibition, Her Dark Materials, at eyeofthehuntress.com. Links and further information are available in the description of this podcast. Until next time, enjoy a nice day. Music